It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. First of all, reminding you again, don't forget... In partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, Keystone Sports is offering the opportunity to travel with the team to Auburn for a game, charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, tailgate party, pretty much everything you need to join your favorite team on the road. We'll actually even be doing a podcast when I say me, that we, I mean me and Dustin, so we're looking forward to that. You want the details, go to athletictravel.com or you call 800-788-4414. Collegiate Athletic Travel, they've been doing this for years, Dustin. They're really good at it. We, We are excited to be part of the team with them. So, Dustin, we're talking 80s football. Let's start at the beginning. Leading up to that 82 National Championship, we've been talking about these cycle things. And before Penn State has those big undefeated years, there's always a season. I remember at the time, you kind of felt it coming. And that's what 1981 was like. Which, by the way, I was at Penn State that year. That was my graduation year. Some great players, Kurt Warner, Todd Blackledge, some great players. And it was a one-loss team that was highlighted at the end of the season with a 48-14 win over Pitt. And if you're an old Penn State fan, Dustin, all you got to do is say the numbers 48-14, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and I I don't think I appreciated those two numbers as much as I should have until we went through this process. And think about the magnitude of that. You're You're the number 11 team in the country. They had two losses. Um, prior to that, uh, <clears throat> at Miami, and they lost to Alabama. You know they were the number one team in the country at, at at the midway point of the year. So you're number eleven. You're going on the road, and you're playing a, a, a pit team that's ranked number one. That damn led by Dan Marino, and you put forty eight fourteen on them. It's like no wonder Pitt fans want Penn State so bad. Uh, that the, the, I think they're perpetually going to be trying to get. Penn State back for that 48-14. Well, and it was more than that, even the way the game went, Dustin. Um, Pitt just marched right down the field, their first two possessions, 7-0, 14-0. And they were marching down the field for a third time, looked like they were going to score again. <clears throat> well, it didn't happen. Penn State got an interception in the end zone, a great interception. And that was the last uh, Pitt saw the end zone. And I'd like to share another a personal story on that game, which I thought was interesting. Was I saw an interview, and I think it was with Fran Fisher. They called it TV quarterback. They would show highlights because not every game was on TV, but you always waited for these this highlight show. And they were doing the highlights, and Penn State's down uh, fourteen nothing. And Fran turns to Joe and says, "Well, Joe, at that point." you must have made such a great coaching adjustment because Pitt just marched right down the field. You must have done something fantastic 
to mess up Marina. What happened? What'd you do, coach? Fran, absolutely nothing. Dan Marina was so good, and if you watch the highlights of those first couple drives, he was just so precise, so good, that if he was going to continue that way, we just weren't going to be able to stop him. Well, he was just the rest of the game something less than perfect. And that's all we needed. We felt our coverage was as good as it could be. We always had men around, and he was just threading the needle. So I always remember that. That's my great memory from that game. And just, again, the excitement of it as a fan. And the other part to it, Dustin, is it was always played Thanksgiving weekend at the end of the season. Uh, Students were off. For me, it was always watching a game with my dad, eating Thanksgiving leftovers. And I can remember watching this game with him and how special it was. And for it to be, it's special to watch that rivalry game. It's even more special when the result is 48-14, though. Oh, man, I can imagine. What was the vibe whenever it's 14-0? You know, because I, I think even now, I, you know, we all get lessons from time to time and reminders of why games are 60 minutes long and how getting getting blitzed early or do if you're doing the blitzing early, if you're up 14 nothing. You know, like that, it, it means something, but it's not, it's not the end. There's so much momentum in this game, even still. But I'm sure 14 nothing. When when you're following along with this thing as as a fan, you're like, okay, here we go again. We're gonna get killed. Oh, definitely. I, you know, I, I don't remember the specifics of this, but I just remember what kind of fan my dad was. My dad would be the one who would stand up and walk out of the room because he's so <laughs> frustrated. But uh, as you said, they did come back, and it was really special. But then next up, though, was the bowl game, which was ironically the Fiesta Bowl, which we'll be talking about quite a bit later when we talk about that 86 season. And they got to play uh, Marcus Allen and USC. And this was kind of where Penn State started to get the reputation, at least back then, you win the Heisman Trophy, and then you go lose to a Joe Paterno team in the bowl game. And a quick stat from that season, Marcus Allen never had less than 140 yards rushing through the year. He got a total of 85 yards against Penn State. And I think that was also another one of those indicators of what was to come the following year. Yeah, and you talk about just closing the year with momentum. I, I can't think of a better way uh, a more momentous way to close a season than to beat number one, to beat Dan Marino on the road 48-14, and then the, in the bowl game, you know, a, a month or so later, to beat Marcus Allen and USC and, and hold him to 85 yards and win that thing 26-10. You know, I, I would imagine, you know, next year's the year what was the vibe after that Fiesta Bowl because that is a heck of a way to close out um, the season and you know obviously in hindsight you can look at it and say all indicators were there uh, because they certainly were that this group this team a, a lot of which came back for 82 you know had all the makings and and this you know the the bumps and 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 the the triumphs and the confidence that came with that and the opportunities to play you know a bunch of good teams and and to lock up a Marcus Allen I mean this all fed in 
into um, the, the the season that followed and, and built the foundation for them to have the year that they had uh, the following year. And just a quick note, this team was built on its defense that year. Uh, three, only three teams all year scored more than 20 points on them. They would rush for 245 yards a game and only allowed 135 yards, which becomes even more relevant as we start to talk. Let's move to the 82 season, Dustin, which was the national championship year. And it was a, a game where a season where they actually did have a loss in the middle of the season. But what's interesting, too, with this season of 82, there was always talk of Penn State playing Eastern football. And we even talked about this with some of the years prior. Penn State did not play a ranked team all year, or maybe one of them. And so they were dinged quite a bit for their schedule. But in 1982... They actually had the highest strength of schedule of any team in the country that year, which I think is pretty amazing uh, to go undefeated, or I'm sorry, get one loss and play for a national championship, which they obviously won that year. And one other note, and I wanted to get your reaction to this, Penn State was always considered that conservative team that play defense, they run the ball, Passing was a last-case scenario. This team actually threw for more yards than they ran. And if my memory serves me correctly, this was the first national champion that actually threw for more yards than they ran. Pretty fascinating for a Joe Paterno team. How about that? Yeah, the the the, the culture of college football and, and, and how points are scored now. Um, and this, you know, I think you can look back on, on this 82 season, certainly at Penn state, but I think probably across college football, that's a big moment, you know, and now it's like what we have and what we take for granted is that the, the benchmark, like looking at the NFL, for example, you know, a 3,000-yard passer is, is a good year for a quarterback. A 1,000-yard runner is a good year for a running back. I mean, the the football has changed quite a bit since then, and this was really the kind of the cutting edge. And look at that, the trio of guys uh, that, that fed this offense, Todd Blackledge, Kurt Warner, and Kenny Jackson. You know, that, that trio, you can hold up with a lot of trios in Penn State history and, and uh, offensive trios. And uh, and look at it as one of the one of the best that has ever come through, and average almost thirty three points per game. You know, the uh, to to get the ball moving through the air. I mean, that's that's pretty uh, that's a pretty cool stat. And to your point, I think the opportunity to play ranked teams is what was lacking in those years in the in the sixties and seventies where they didn't get a chance. They didn't get a chance to play for a, a um, national title. But this year they they beat Notre Dame, which was number thirteen. They beat number five Pitt in their last two regular season games, kind of to seal that, you know, to to come back from that one loss that they took and get in that national championship game. And then they beat number two Nebraska, and they lost to number four Alabama uh, in back to back weeks earlier in the year. So their schedule was stacked at the time, and they came through it with one loss, and they closed with a bang, and they rode that momentum uh, into the Sugar Bowl as well. And, you know, you mentioned Kurt Warner, who was the star running back. And, no, this is not the same Kurt Warner who played quarterback. This is a running back. And I think sometimes he's overlooked among the great Penn State running backs. And if my memory serves me right again, Dustin, at the beginning of this year, 
he was going to carry the load. If you the 81 team ran the ball much more than they threw the ball, and teams, I think, loaded up against Kurt Warner, and it gave Todd Blackledge the opportunity to throw the ball early. And if I remember correctly, Kurt Warner had... He was a little bit down because he just wasn't getting the opportunities early in the year. But in instead, Todd Blackledge was the guy who um, who shone brightly to start the year. I'm kind of going to play out, run out the clock here on this segment, Dusty, because I want to talk about that national championship game against Georgia, and I, I don't want to have to cut it short. So that was the big difference in this particular season this was Penn State throwing the ball which was totally foreign to us as Penn State fans not what we normally expected all right stick around quarter number three we are going to talk about that national championship game against those Georgia Bulldogs attention Penn State alumni trustees Ted Brown Bill Oldsey and Barbara Duran need your support your alumni trustees have fought to debunk the free report and to honor Joe and Sue Paterno and they led the charge on an unprecedented tuition freeze, saving students and their families thousands. Independent leadership for a better Penn State. Vote to re-elect alumni trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Voting begins Sunday, April 10th. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. There's nothing better than following your favorite team on the road. Thanks to Collegiate Athletic Travel, you can get your chance this fall as the Nittany Lions fly south to face the Auburn Tigers. Take a non-stop charter flight from Harrisburg. Accommodation included. Not two hours away in Atlanta, but at the team hotel. Transportation to and from the game is also included, as well as a tailgate party at the stadium. Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for all the information. 